welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments this weekend. Uh, we are in a great series called Chasing Life, and it's, uh, it's really based on this idea that God has placed within every human being a desire to seek what is good and what is best in life, however muted, however bent, however covered up uh, that desire may be that there is within every person uh, a quest uh, for what is good and what is uh, healthy and what is right in life. Uh, in fact, the writer uh, of the book of Ecclesiastes says it like this, God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And if that sounds sort of like a riddle, it is. And uh, it's meant to provoke us uh, to think what in the world it might mean that God has stamped or placed eternity in the hearts of people. It's almost like there's a beacon inside of every human being that, that uh, is searching for God. It's sending out a radio signal into deep space and looking for some uh, connection, uh, some resonance with the God who created us. And yet, as that uh, riddle says, uh, no one can fathom or quite get a hold of what this actually means or what the outcome of this desire might be. It's like a potential that is not tapped into or not fully engaged. Uh, you know, the amplified version of this text is helpful. Uh, here's how it reads. God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity in this elaboration, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart. Did you know that? that there is within your heart a sense of God's purpose for creating you. Uh, and he goes on, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except for God. It's uh, been said that there is within every person a God-shaped vacuum, and that's exactly what this text is addressing. Yet man cannot find out or comprehend what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. As we saw last week, uh, the Apostle Paul would express a similar thought when he spoke to a group of philosophers and uh, uh, religious inquirers in the great city of Athens. Uh, Paul said, uh, God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. See, God has designed this appetite in us, this quest to know the truth, to know what is good, to know what is right, eventually to know our creator. And, uh, you know, all of human history has that element of people and civilizations that are on that quest. Well, uh, here's a, a truth that comes out in this series. Uh, when we align our hearts with, with that inner yearning, that longing for God, good things can happen. Amazing things can happen. In fact, here's what Jesus said. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. What's Jesus saying? He's saying if we follow that longing, if we follow that yearning that's in our hearts for God, and we ask, uh, 
And we keep on asking, is the Greek tense uh, that we will receive? If we seek and we keep on seeking, we will find. And if we knock and keep on knocking, God will uh, make himself known to us. Uh, see, here's uh, the truth, that longing for God can lead us to some really wonderful places. See, when we pay attention uh, to that, that yearning, that longing. In fact, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And when we, when we follow that urge, when we uh, pursue that longing, we reach those places where we experience God, where uh, the, the obstacles open up in front of us, where uh, we get what we ask for from God. And uh, here's a good way that the psalmist, we, we looked at Psalm 84 last week, and uh, he says these words, how blessed are those, and you might insert the words, who have chosen to find their strength in God, uh, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Uh, really interesting phrase there. Uh, how blessed are those, the psalmist says, uh, for those who have made the decision that they're going to find God. They're going to seek God. They're going to get answers from God. They're going to experience God. They've chosen to acknowledge that their strength will be found in God, and thus their hearts are set on pilgrimage, which is really a journey, a journey to find the reality about God. As the psalmist was speaking of pilgrimage, he was speaking to those who travel to Jerusalem, to the temple, and they're making their way into the presence of God. Uh, and this was quite a journey for some pilgrims. As the psalmist says, as they pass through the Valley of Baca, literally that means Valley of Tears. It was a difficult place. It was a dry and a barren place. And as they are on their way to meet with God, they make even those hardships a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools, and they go on from strength to strength until each appears before Zion. So here's the idea. Uh, when we're following that inner longing for God, and we've decided that that's real, uh, that's a pathway in life, I can orient to that. And when we truly do, with all that we are, seek uh, to find God, to receive answers from him, that uh, even the difficult places in life become colored by that, uh, become influenced by that ultimate pursuit of God. And, and here's a truth that I want to communicate to us this weekend. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage to be on pilgrimage. In other words, you don't need to plan a trip to Mecca. You don't need to go to the Middle East. You don't need to go to Jerusalem. Uh, those may be enjoyable things to do, but you don't have to go on a pilgrimage to set your heart on a journey toward God. That can be an everyday experience. In fact, it is what the scriptures are inviting us to. And as we are in this series, Chasing Life, it's something we can do every day, from day to day in any situation we find ourselves in uh, the promise holds true that we will be blessed if we set our heart on pilgrimage. If we ask and we seek and we knock uh, and we keep on asking and we keep on seeking and we keep on knocking, this is the truth that Jesus wants us to be aware of. And as I was uh, pondering 
this reality of setting our hearts on a quest to connect with God and access his strength. Uh, this question came to mind. How important is motivation? You know, in our quest for truth, how significant is it to have a deep and real sense of motivation? Well, uh, here's what I've come to realize about being motivated. Uh, it's not typically cited as a good character trait when we lack motivation. In fact, it's hard to get anything done if we don't have motivation. Now, imagine you're in a job interview and uh, your potential boss says, tell me, why should I hire you? You drum your fingers for a moment. You think about that important question and you say, well, uh, how about this? I have absolutely no motivation, none whatsoever. In fact, I hate getting things done. Procrastination is my middle name. Give me something to do and I will kill it by my lack of effort. In fact, uh, if there's anything you can expect from me, it's nothing. Well, you would be a fool to hire that person. And uh, here's the simple truth that comes out of that. Uh, it's hard to do anything well if we don't have motivation. Uh, but here's a truth that relates to this idea of pilgrimage, of seeking and asking and knocking until we find what we're looking for from God. Uh, honestly, how do you find motivation if you lack it? Where do we find this motivation to seek God if we don't have it? That's a, that's a provoking question, I think. Uh, you know, some people uh, just naturally, seems like life has put them on a quest to find God and they experience what Jesus said and what the psalmist promises. Uh, but here's a, here's a few thoughts around that. Did you know that we can be inspired by the junk in our lives? We can actually be motivated by the things in life that go sideways, by the traumas, by our hurts, by our setbacks, because those, those very things that cause the most pain in our lives can provide the most mo motivation for moving to a better place. Uh, we literally, we hit rock bottom sometimes, and the very uh, place that we've arrived at motivates us to go to a different place. Uh, but here's another uh, thought about motivation, this one from the book of Hebrews. Uh, the writer says this, uh, whoever would come near to God, which is exactly what we're talking about, following that longing, that God-shaped vacuum until we come into the very presence of God. And whoever would do that, the writer says, must necessarily believe that God exists. That makes sense, doesn't it? If we're going to access God's goodness we must first believe that there is a God, that we have been created, that there is an author behind all that we see, and that coming to him, we believe also that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. And so uh, I would ask this as we're talking about setting our hearts on a pilgrimage to access God's strength. Uh, do you believe that God exists? I think most who are hearing these words probably would say yes. But then the second half of that equation is, do you believe that God's a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him? Do you believe that good things will come if you set your heart on pilgrimage? Well, I've been inspired lately 
quite a lot by the Apostle Paul. As we, uh, as a church family, have studied through a couple of his letters, uh, I've been uh, struck not just by the truth that Paul communicates, uh, but by what the example of his life communicates. You know, uh, as we've dug into his writings, uh, Paul had a dramatic story. In fact, he came to the end of his own resources. He encountered Jesus Christ up close and personal uh, on the road to Damascus as he was on his way to, to uh, persecute Christians whom he hated. And uh, there in that account, encounter, he realized that Jesus Christ is whom these Christians said he was. He's the Son of God. He was put to death. He rose from the dead, and he appeared personally to the Apostle Paul. Now listen uh, to these words from Paul and see if you sense a motivation to pursue God. He said, uh, formerly, whatever were gains to me, I now consider them loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, uh, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider all of my former accomplishments garbage that I may, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And then he writes a little further on, I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection, and I want to participate with him, even in his sufferings, uh, in the things that he stood for, in the things that he was willing to give his life for because of what he taught and demonstrated as truth, that those who seek to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. Uh, later on in, in his letter to the Philippians, he continues not that I've attained all this already. I'm not fully living in the power of his resurrection, uh, but, uh, or I've not already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know this. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind straining forward to what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, uh, Paul would, uh, would clearly say to us, uh, if you want to chase life, if you want to pursue God, uh, do it like this. Put your whole heart into it. Uh, put everything into it. I guarantee you, you'll never be disappointed that you did. In one of his other letters, Paul talks more about his quest to find God through Christ. He says, do you not know that in a race, all of the runners run? We all know that. Uh, we just saw the Olympics last month. In a race, many runners run, but only one gets the prize. And then this application, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And see, I think this is a great uh, example. This is the kind of motivation that infiltrates every aspect of life and uh, that moves us onto that highway, onto that journey, that pilgrimage to find our strength in God. And uh, when we have that kind of motivation, we experience exactly what Jesus said. Uh, when we knock, eventually the door opens. 
When we seek, we find, and when we ask, we receive from God. And uh, as we begin to close this series and this message, uh, I want to put out where Paul got that motivation, what it was that ignited that passion to pursue God with everything that he was, much like an, uh, an Olympic athlete would pursue that gold medal. Uh, and here's the truth. Nothing can expire, inspire and ignite. Nothing can inspire and ignite our passion to seek the truth about God like a glimpse of Jesus Christ. Uh, just let those words settle in on your heart. Contemplate the, whether or not they're true for you. Nothing can inspire or ignite our passion to seek the truth about God, to uh, devote our lives to pilgrimage like a glimpse of Jesus Christ. And see, that's exactly what the gospel writers uh, portrayed to us. They said, look, uh, the word became flesh. Eternal God became uh, human and lived among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son. And uh, catching that glimpse of Jesus captured their hearts and put them on a lifelong journey of finding God through him. And as we... Uh, we pray today, I want to uh, let you uh, realize that this is your invitation. It's your invitation to set your heart on pilgrimage. It's your invitation from God to, to live from this day forward. Whatever has been in your past, forgetting the things that are behind and straining forward to that upward call of God, which is in Christ. Uh, you know, as we pray, uh, I was thinking about a young man uh, who was in one of the youth groups I led. And I'll never forget him, uh, never forget his name. Uh, his name was Finley King. Finley King, what a wonderful name. And uh, he was a wonderful young man. In fact, um, uh, Finley, unfortunately, uh, died at the age of 19. Uh, he was working out in the field, uh, moving irrigation pipe, and he got a piece of pipe too close to a power line. And uh, Finley uh, literally left this world uh, in a blaze. But, you know, that was the exact same way that Finley lived his life. And, and I'll never forget, not more than a year or so before uh, this uh, horrific accident, uh, Finley had decided that uh, one of his friends needed to catch a glimpse of Jesus Christ, and it would, he knew it would change his life forever. And uh, he shared with uh, his friend his own story, uh, bounced off a cold heart and a closed mind. And uh, so Finley decided that he was going to go on a spiritual fast. He would go on a 10-day fast for his friend, uh, that his friend would uh, somehow catch a glimpse of Jesus Christ and come to know the joy that Finley had found. Well, at the end of that 10-day fast, uh, it happened. Uh, his friend did indeed catch a glimpse of Jesus, and though even though Finley's life was cut short, the life of his friend was made entirely new, and I still hear from him decades later. And, uh, you know, here's the, here's the uh, point, is that God can awaken uh, in your heart that same passion for pursuing him, for chasing life, for setting your heart on pilgrimage in such a way that even the difficult places in life become places where you experience God's presence and God's provision, and it comes through a glimpse of Jesus Christ reaching for you. Uh, so pray with me, Lord Jesus, thank you 
for your entry into the world. Thank you for your entry into our lives. Lord, we know that uh, you are the truth of the eternal God. Uh, for God was pleased, uh, Paul said, to have all of his fullness dwell in him in bodily form. And uh, if you're hearing these words uh, this weekend, and maybe your pursuit of God has been very real, but it hasn't been focused on the person of Jesus Christ, and uh, I would invite you uh, to do what the early followers did, to look upon him and see that he is full of grace and full of truth. Uh, Lord, thank you for your invitation that we would live our entire lives with the upward call of God first and foremost uh, in our minds and in our hearts. Uh, Jesus, you said the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And one day he, he finds one of such great value that it ignites incredible motivation in him. And he goes, according to your story, Lord, he sells everything that he has. And in his joy, he obtains that pearl. And Lord, you are that pearl of great price. And, and I pray uh, that from this moment forward, uh, something would ignite in our hearts that you would show yourself to us, Lord, in ways we've never seen before. And uh, we would find this, this passion like that of an athlete, Lord, who is consumed by their quest to take hold of the gold. Lord, that, that that would happen in us and it would happen in real and practical ways in the quietness of our hearts, in the shelter of our own homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, Lord, that we would be those people who are on that upward call of God in Christ Jesus, I pray in his wonderful name. Amen.